Awesome. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? Why don't we take a moment, why don't we stand? Just take a moment and meet and greet one another. Let your first handshake be with someone you don't know. If you know everybody, try harder. Alrighty, when we make our way back to our seats, good to see everybody this morning. How many enjoyed the rain? It's good in September. Fall came. I hope it stays. I'm tired of 100 degree weather, and it was a great day. So it's been a great weekend. You guys are amazing. We're going to conclude our um, sermon series today. Uh, assignment. We've been talking about assignment, finding your fit. And today's message, we're going to talk how we're going to end this. Basically, I should have said this is us, but. Really, we are ambassadors. We are ambassadors. And then we're going to unpack uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. And I'm gonna have, we're going to have a great time with this. And then we're going to do a couple, do a demonstration at the end of all this. But um, if you don't have your, uh, we have the scriptures will be on the screen. If you don't have, you can use our Bible app. But before I get going, I want you, I want to, rec- I know some of you know me, some of them you don't. How many, you know, I'm a, I'm a native New Yorker. Thank you. One, one cheer. I need you for a second service. I understand that you're not, and I understand why you're depressed. <laughs> but if you know about, I grew up in New York City, left in 1978. Now, if you know anything about New York, if you fly over New York, it's nothing but a bunch of islands. And it's all connected by bridges and tunnels. Like if you have three, you have five, and they're broken into five different boroughs. You have Brooklyn, Bronx, Queens, the best, the best borough. Manhattan, and then we have a place called Staten Island. And we're thinking about adding New Jersey, but we're not sure. <laughs> anyway, that's, those are Britain. What it is, to get from every borough, you had to take a bridge. You had to get on the bridge. You get from Queens to Brooklyn, get on the bridge. Everyone ever heard about the Brooklyn um, Bridge? It's an amazing bridge. It's not just for cars. You get to walk across all that. And to get from place to place, you need a bridge. Now, when you get to every little area, and in, in, if you go to Manhattan, then people speak different. Manhattan has its own little different cultures, depending what city, part of the city you go to. You go to the Lower East, it's a whole lot different than you go to the uh, Higher West. If you go to Chinatown, it's a whole lot different if you go down to the Bowery. If you go down to the Lancy Street, it's a whole lot different when you go to different places. But one thing about New York, they call it the melting pot. It's a place where everyone... When they found about coming into the United States of America, they found New York, they came in, and all the different people would come in. And I've been around long enough to watch different groups of people come in. I was growing up when the Italians were coming into America. I'm not that old. but um, And I remember they weren't allowed to go to church because they were Italian. That's right. There's a lot of little different things we talk about. I knew about when I, before I left in 1978, we had the influx of refugees of the Vietnam um, the South Vietnam came in, and they came to Queens. That's where they stationed them in Queens. They bought up all the bought, bought stores. They used to sell us things. It caused a lot of big friction about them coming in. So New York is what they call a melting pot. And to live there, you have to be what we call mosaic. 
You're going to have to be able to live with diversity, especially when you're going to work or you're going to school. If you don't like folk, you cannot get on public transportation because the subways put you like this. Now we like to spread out here in, in church. Think about the subway when we're all cramped up and we're standing like this and you're drinking your coffee and you're eating your bagel. And the person next to you doesn't look like you. Sometimes they don't even smell like you. And that's how you get back and forth to work. And when you go to lunch, you herd out, and everything in lunch is a pedestal. So when you eat, and I'm the, I'm the, um, I'm, if I'm the uh, waiter, the minute you get done with your meal, I take it, bye, next herd comes in. You got 30, 45 minutes to eat, get back to your office, cram back, get back in this, this, into a train, get back into a bus, all cramped up, and you get home and your neighbor lives right next door to you, real close. No such thing called land. Well, today we're going to talk about Grace Point Church. Our um, vision is reaching people and building community. Our core values are diversity, devotion, discipleship. How many know when you reach and build, we reach across to different age groups, different ethnic groups, different social economic groups, different political groups with the gospel. It causes us to go into all those areas. And today's sermon, what I want to talk about is how God has called us to build bridges and not walls in our city. Some places now city don't have bridges. We have to build bridges. And sometimes we get caught up with what unity really is, but we, we get a little off off kilter about what uh, univer- unity is without diversity is not unity. So we are, like we see, you look at us, we're called to build a multi-ethnic generational, now we're doing a cultural church. Now, now the gospel here, you got to realize about the gospel, it will challenge your biases, your worldviews, and your stereotypes. It will challenge you first before you can challenge anyone else. Your biases, your worldviews, and stereotypes. It would challenge you. Because we all have what I call default settings. We default to something, what we're used to. And the gospel will mess it up because he'll take you what you're used to do and do something you're not comfortable doing. So that's what the gospel does. And then he calls us to share that same gospel with other people. But unless that gospel's in us, it's hard to share with other people. And we're seeing society today, how much no is needed. Because what we do now, we have to stop doing this. We start to um, judge people on the information that we think about them. We relegate them to the place we think. Or we, have, we, out on, we try to we bring people into our own understanding of them. If we have a stereotype, which understanding is off. The gospel is the only place where you see see level ground, puts everyone at the cross, and God calls us to have eyes to see and the voice to declare. Um, go to Second um, Corinthians chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. This is Paul. Paul, if you know about Second Corinthians, Paul wrote the First Corinthians letter. He was concerned about if they received the letter well. Second Corinthians, you heard about them receiving it well, but also he was defending in the gospel, defending his own reputation. And he talks about in the very first part of uh, chapter 5 about where our true home is. 
He says, basically, when you're away from the Lord, you're home here, but you're away from Jesus. And we're all yearning to be with, with Jesus one day, and there's a big stretch. And while you're here, he calls you to do something, but you'd rather be with him. And he talks about our true place, our true citizenship is in heaven. So this is just a temporary spot to where we are today on this rock called earth. Starts this in verse um, 15. says, and he died for all. Talking about Jesus. That those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him. Who for their sake died and was raised. Whose sake? Our sake. I love there and for he are all. Verse 16. For now on. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against him, and entrusting to us, everyone say I'm a us, the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors. I'm an ambassador. You've been drafted. You have no choice. For Christ, making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Paul was breaking this out about what our main position as ambassadors to be ministers of reconciliation. Every one of us. He starts in verse 15. I love 15. He says, he died for all, that those who might no longer live for themselves, but for him. And he's saying this, and you cannot carry the gospel if you're, if you're egocentric. Because if the gospel is all about what God can give you, you'll never be a reconciler. You'll always want to receive. He went from egocentric, because that's where Paul was when God met him on chapter, in Acts chapter 9. It was all about him and his mission to destroy Christians. It became evil, egocentric. He wants us to be Christocentric. He wants us to have a lifestyle of being Christocentric. It means Christ is the center of our life. Not the things of this world, not political parties, not presidents, Christ. Not my own personality, not my own mind. I have the mind of Christ. Amen? So Christocentric, everything I do has to come out of the center of Jesus Christ. Everywhere I think, everywhere I look. But he talks as he helps us out with that. He's not, he says you have to have your values from heaven, not from earth. You don't value people on their education, their ethnic background, their socioeconomic, their age, or political agenda. What we see today, are you a Democrat or are you a Republican? And we make that our idol because that's the values of the world. The values of the kingdom is... If you're a believer, you're a brother and sister in the Lord. And, and the values of the kingdom, if you're an unbeliever, you're whom Christ died for. See, because now today we're getting sucked up into this thing in society. And we forgot why we're here. To be reconcilers. Now, I'm not saying take it away the conversation. I'm going to tell you how to do the conversation. Because no one has conversations anymore. Everyone's screaming at each other. And no one's hearing each other. Know why? Because we're doing it out of a worldly point of view. And I want to be right versus righteous. Make sense? 
So when we unpack this, this is our takeaway if you take a note. It says the work of Christ in us precedes the work of Christ through us. Pastor Brent Gerard from our church in Atlanta. So the work of Christ in us precedes the work of Christ through us. If I'm not a reconciler, I can't talk about and preach reconciliation. See, to me, growing up, I didn't know any difference. We were put intentionally in different neighborhoods that no one looked at like us. Then I didn't know anything significant about there was differences in the world until I went to South Carolina in 1978 and I saw the railroad tracks. Had that blew me away. I was a rookie. Never experienced that. I've experienced some of them when I was in high school with the busing issue, but I just take it because everyone was angry. Didn't see the significance of it. Well, I was taught a lot. So what God is saying here in the scripture, when we're born again, we become a new creation. A new creation. Also, we have a new purpose. And the third thing, he gives us a new assignment. Let's look at the first one, creation. We are a new creation. Therefore, it says in verse 17, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has what? Come. That means has come. He is. That's a present tense. It's now. Has come. A past tense. Because we're a new creation, everything becomes new to us. A new view of Christ, like Paul was saying. A new view of people around us. Amen? People around us. Christians, doesn't matter where they are, where they come from, they're brothers and sisters in Christ. At the cross, we're all equal. The unbelievers, I should not get mad at people who are unbelievers acting like unbelievers. Why we get so upset about sin? That's what they call it, do, sin. They don't know any better. And we put high expectations on people who don't know Jesus, and we get, we get despondent. Oh, my gosh. Like, Really? Really? And guys, we're called to be salt and light, to preserve and shine light in dark places. Don't forget that. Don't get caught up in the world acting like the world. And in the church, we got to make sure we get along. I love Galatians 3.28. It says, there's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave or free. There's no male or female for all of you are all one in Christ. We're all one in Christ. Well, you're a Democrat or Republican. I don't care. All I want you to do is vote and pray. Now, you deal with, in church, we deal with stereotypes. Everyone thinks, I live, here's one interesting thing, not y'all. I live in, in 79602. I live in a Republican district. Didn't know that when I moved there. I go to vote in this stereotypes of America. And they sit there and they come in, I come in, and they, uh, you sign in, you haven't registered and sign in. If you're not voting, um, talk to me later on, get you to vote. Okay, sign in, and they direct me to the Democratic line. And y'all know catch up is 9 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so I have, oh, okay. And people send me stuff. But no one knows. I know. But they think they know. See how we judge people by our own understanding? We limit people to our own understanding. We do that in the church. 
We do that in the church. We get caught up on idols of politics, idols of this. God says to look beyond that. Think bigger. Look up. We are a new, what? Creation. And the unbelievers, I see them. My heart breaks for them. It really breaks for them. I'm looking at, just the other day, people are so caught up. With, people around us are so angry, so angry, and don't know why they're angry. You saw that manifest in our city. You have a gun, 10 o'clock in the morning, to take out trash. And you have a shotgun behind them. I take out trash all the time. I'm not carrying my gun. I got, I got cougars and all that stuff running my house. So that's cool. But they're not coming by my house. I'm, that's why I don't need the gun. But to take out trash. And then you watch this unfold and you watch people with their social media. He's stupid. And that's dumb. And they deserve it. And they, I'm like, oh my gosh. And K-Texas is jerks. They're dumb. I'm like, everyone's angry. And they're taking sides and someone's dead. And then we see it played out in our nation. And then one guy said, the angry people showed up. About what? Why? Because they put their expectations in idols. And the idols, whatever your idol is, will let you down. So now you're despondent about life. The church in election year, we lost 37% of people in the church nationwide because of election year, because of lack of, well, they call lack. We didn't speak enough on politics. We didn't do nothing on politics. Everyone's idol was a politics, was politics. The God about Jesus. Amen? So we see that something new has happened, so something new must now happen. We're all new every time a new creation. Come on, say, I'm a new creation. Regardless how I feel about politics, regardless how I feel about people, people are people, right? They're gonna, and I'm a person too, because you probably think the same way about me. Get over it. I'm over 60 now. I can care less. People are people. Amen? Right. So we got to understand that. I get on my own nerves. It's all right. No, I got enough on my own nerves. You, you get on my, I get on your nerves too. I jump on everybody's nerves. That's what I do. Okay? Now, second thing is we have a new purpose. What is our purpose, Pastor? Look at this. And this is from God. Through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to whom himself, not counting their trespasses against him and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Here's what our job is, guys. Our, our purpose is to declare God as the source and initiator and the goal of reconciliation. I'm not trying to get you to believe what I, I mean. I want you to believe in God. That's my goal. And here's the thing. We got to let people know your trespasses don't count. When God died, Jesus died on the cross, he cleared a way for you to have a relationship with him. Stop walking around in guilt and shame, which is making you angry. And then everyone wants to blame somebody, the blame game. The reason why I'm this way is because of my wife. The reason why I'm this way because of my job. Yeah, your job stood up there and told you to do all that. You tell them this. Look, the reason why you're angry, because you're angry at God. It says this, to be reconciled back to God. Prior to us being reconciled back to God, we had hostilities with God. We had enmity with God. 
Now we have, you can have peace with God. When you have peace with God, you'll have peace with people. You ever notice you got to fight off for peace? But we have the peace of God. We are in the access of God. They don't have access to God. They have access to themselves. There's nothing to look up to or look forward to. Is it starting to look, you know, and you know, this is my temporary spot, but I'm going to bring peace here today. Guys, you can be reconciled to God. Not to me, not to my ideology, to, you, to God. That's my purpose. To come in and recon- bring reconciliation. Through Christ. Through Christ working with us. Romans 5.1, therefore, since we've been justified by faith, declared not guilty, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So you got to remember, guys, peace with God leads with peace with people. People are not upset with people. They have no peace. You ever heard the um, saying, misery loves company? You, when people have the same spirit and they're, this, they're upset, you can, put them in, you can separate them all around the room and give them about three weeks. They'll all be sitting together because they're like-minded. I remember retiring, and I went to a t- what they call a TAPS class. They, uh, and the guys were going after 20 years, they're, they're going to go, they're divorcing. Their families are divorcing, they're splitting up. And we're in the TAPS class, and you hear one guy says, everything you have about benefits, how much does she get? Okay, that happened before 12 o'clock. About 2 o'clock that same day, had three more. How much does she get? And then had a new line. She's not getting a dime. Day four, they're all sitting together talking about their fifth wheels, and they're going to fish, and she's not getting a dime. And the lady, everything she says, you can do, how much does she get? And they all sat together in chorus. I used to do like this, orchestra. Go ahead and say it. <laughs> know why? They put all their life in an idol, which is their career, and they lost what was most important, their family. Is it worth losing anything, everything, on something that don't count? To get angry at stuff that just doesn't count. That's what we have to share with people. They're angry on stuff that doesn't really count. On half the stuff you don't even remember. Jesus is the only thing that counts. And the conversation laced without Jesus is just doom. Because there's no hope. There's nothing to look forward to. There's no reconciler in the crowd. It's just a complaint line. And everyone's complaining about what? Now, here's the key. To be, to share this message, we got to become the message. Where are you at? See, your message will be credible because you're credible. God put me in all the way in Abilene, Texas, because I grew up in New York City. Everyone's running to big cities for the big thing. I love little cities. I've been to the big city. I understand how big cities run. But he taught me so much, so I'm having my life here today. And say, guys, what's important is Jesus Christ. Paul used to say this, I only preach Jesus Christ crucified. That's it. And then we can have conversations later on, but it has to be laced with Jesus. There's got to be a finality to this thing. Him. It's got to be a goal. Reconcile. That's our purpose. How it's taught, caught. 
a McMurray volleyball team. I don't know if you read the news this week. McMurray volleyball team breaking, says it's breaking racial barriers. The team that comes here at 1045, they're breaking racial barriers. Says this, uh, what happens basically the whole line is for inner city kids or African-American kids to be in a volleyball team in college, they have to go to volleyball clubs. And what happens is they can't afford to go to volleyball clubs, so they can't be on the team. So every team they play has less, any, no, no African-Americans or just one or two. Our team has, um, and they're 8%, that's what it is. Say only 8% of that number are competing at a predominantly white institution. So they call them TWIs now. New word. However, McMurray Lady Hawks volleyball team has six African-American women who play volleyball. The other six did not. So they broke the stereotype of they can't afford to go. Now, here's the thing about the coach. Coaches, she's been here for 23 years. Now, they're, they're still undefeated, right? They, they won. They won. Tuesday, because I'm supposed to go to their game Tuesday. Yeah, they're 10 to no. Uh, Coach Petrie says, who's Caucasian? Acknowledges the racial difference in her team compared to most teams that Murray faces. She said, personally, loves all her girls after they were home. She says, I don't go out and specifically recruit black girls, but I do recruit certain skills and sets and characteristics. Their talent, their character. She said, her, her players often joke, saying she loves black people more than whites. <laughs> Petrie just simply laughs and says this. Now, I met her. She was here. She's been praying 23 years for what she sees today. She says this. God loves all the same, so why should I be any different? Yeah. Caught. What made a secular newspaper find that team? Caught. A lot of them are coming to Jesus. A lot to be baptized. Caught. See, it's one thing to proclaim it. It's another thing to practice it. it says this, what they were, the principle that Jesus was talking about in uh, John chapter 17 said this, that they may all be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in who? Us. So that the world may what? that you have sent me. The glory, that word glory means the radiance. We stick out. That's why people will find us. They will say there's something different about you, but it has nothing to do with your personality. It's the radiance of God, the glory of God. When you're put with the glory of with the people, he makes us radiant to the world. That you have given me, I have given to them. See, God has given us all the tools. That we may be one, even as we are, um, that they may be one, even as we are one. I and them, you and me, and they may become perfectly one, so that the world will what? Go from no, no, may, may know, I mean, from believing to, they may know that you sent me and love them, even as you love me. See, we got to look. The greatest thing is God gets the glory on that. But we got, this is what I wrote down. We must look beyond the elements of our first birth. The elements of our first birth, what is that? Race, finances, politics. We got to look beyond the elements. Those are elements. And we have to build our fellowship on the essentials of the new birth. The essentials of the new birth. Doesn't matter where you came from, you've been born again into something new. 
new relationships. And you don't judge your relationships on your old birth. Your eyes have been recalibrated, renewed. So when they ask you on television, whatever that is, you don't come off complaining like you you have all this pride. So I'm praying for people. I'm praying. I vote and I pray. Not that I'm walking away. This conversation that take place only in the midst of Jesus. Last thing is, from proclamation to practice, assignment. Says this, we are ambassadors. We have a new assignment for Christ. God making his, his appeal through us. We implore you on the behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Now, we are his ambassadors, representatives appointed by him. Now, here's what we're doing, guys. We're declaring a life-altering message that when you believe in Jesus, your life will be altered from where you're supposed to be gone. Now you're going to be with him the rest of your days. It's a life-altering message. It's not like a mess, well, take it or leave it. No, it's altering your life. When people get born again, their whole trajectory of life has just been altered. Their family's life has best been altered. Everything starts to be changed on their lives. That's why it's important. It goes the other way. One incarcerated person produces another incarcerated person, produces another incarcerated person. Now, if you want the statistics, um, Booker Roy, he's a chaplain at the prison. He can tell you. Family members in, the, in, the, in prison. Goes the other way. The assignment. We're as ambassadors. We employ. We don't argue with people. We beg. That word employ means to beseech. We beg people. Beg them to come to Jesus. Come and be reconciled by God. Come. Whatever. I know. I understand your differences, but come right now. We have to have that because we know their trajectory. When we forget their trajectory, we just give, oh, that's okay. Someone will do it. No. Today's the day. Why? Because at the cross, Jesus declared peace. God didn't declare war. He declared peace at the cross. You don't have to fight. Jesus' last words, if you guys will be one, you'll be amazing. Why did he spend the last moments of his days talking? Because he knew we'll be split apart. Here's what we got. Our enemy of politics, race, it's not flesh. Our enemy is not flesh. It's not flesh. It's Satan. Satan wants to blow things up. He wants to destroy stuff. He wants to destroy your families. He wants to destroy relationships. But God wants to reconcile that. And the only one with the message of reconciliation are the ones who are reconciled. Now, I went, to, I went to two universities last two weeks about the founding people of the universities, how they were abolitionists. It's amazing. And they say, man, how did we get so far off? Because you got the false setting. If you got reconciliation, not about just races, everything. We all got to meet at the middle. Guess where we start? We practice here. We meet in the middle. And we sit down. Not a big event that we're going to call down heaven and say, oh, we repent for racism. And I won't see you again. 
In fact, I'm going to see the back of your head. I need to see you face to face. Let's talk about these issues. Let's talk about you growing up. So I have understanding. We practice in here. It's called life groups. So we can do our sermon out there. Need to know, understand the greatest thing. Here's the point. We got to stop living our lives off assumptions. Assumptions is the lowest level of thinking. And we live our life. I assume they, I I think, you know, because they, no. Why do you think they're on food stamps? Do you know? Do you know they're airmen? They can't afford? Would they being paid and they're here to defend our country? They're on food What are you talking about? They don't know how to take care of their money? How oh, they're airmen. And they're defending your country. But they have to have food stamps. They're not poor. They're in a situation. How'd you find that out? Sitting with them. Trying to understand them versus my own understanding of them. You ever been locked in? People only understand what you used to do. How'd that feel? And we hold it against them. Our ancestors, our old folks from way back, they, they, made, they made a mess, right? And I can't sit here all day talking about how messed up they are. Got to sit here and say, God, you're amazing. Show you how this works. I mean, I'm going to get the shyest guy in the room. Come here. Come on. Go sit in the shape. Okay. And I know you was like, man, Pastor Rich, I hope you weren't going to pick me. You're from India, right? Yes. Sit down. Sit at my table. Wow. Talk about it. I didn't talk about it. Don't you start. Don't start. You're supposed to love your pastor. Sit down. And this is where we sit down. And he tells me about India. And he tells me his experience when he came to the church. And he tells me how long we've been knowing each other. What, 20 years? 23 years now. How you told me, I'm not going to take over. You take over because you see something in me. It's the main reason why I'm here, guys, because of this guy. Walking here in humility. And we sit here and do this week, every other week. And we talk about social economics. We talk about race. And we hear each other. We don't yell at each other. We hear each other. It's hard for people to understand if you don't understand where I'm coming from. Understanding is the most important thing. But how do we find that out as Christians? And we know we always end the table. Jesus is in control of this. Satan put us here, but Jesus is going to pull us out of here. How are we doing? And when we practice what we proclaim here, then we go to our neighborhoods and we practice with our neighbor. You don't shoot your neighbor over trash. You bring him into the house and let's just drop all this garbage because this is garbage. Just making a joke. It's horrendous, but you should see what's going on. People are getting arrested for their neighbors. And everyone's getting blamed because they get out. Well, what did I do? I show up because you have trash. I arrest you. I put you out. Okay, even the district of science, I don't know what to do with that. What did I do with that? And then I'm up and I'm up. Now they're the, they're the blame. You let them out. You let them out. Well, I can't hold anybody on trash. 
right? We go to our workplace. Take the cubicles down. Put the fish up there, but please be a fish. Please not be a fish. Please be a person to talk. Take them to lunch. Don't bring them here. Take them to lunch. Plenty of things to talk about. Your campus. I'm not a, I'm not a reconciled. You are. You can't say you're not because Jesus says you are. So, well, ain't my person. Sorry, you've been appointed. So whatever you take, you and your personality and learn. Right? A local, you know something? There's so many boards and local boards that we can work on and serve in. I'm on the police board. Reason why? Because I'm tired of seeing things so caught up. You know what I get to do most of the time I do on my board? Pray. Pray for our police department. And help those who they're working way below what they they need. They're like teachers. They're not getting paid enough. You didn't know that. We see them on TV. No, you have idiots. But that's not everybody. And you have really not an idiot. You have someone who's misinformed about life. And when they're messed up and they're angry, guess what? Everyone else gets touched. And it plays out on your phone. Last thing is, committees. Get on the committee. Don't argue about it. Don't, hey, someone's going to do something. You're it. It's one thing to pray for a solution, and you know how God works? You are the solution. <laughs> Man, I wish you would stop. You know, they need to have somebody. <laughs> We're going to have that. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, this guy's. That guy. Yeah, me. Make sense? Why? The work in Christ in us precedes the work of Christ through us.